Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Uh, Two scriptures, uh, one out of Matthew and one out of Luke. First one out of Matthew is Matthew 19, 13 through 15. The little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Then we'll switch to Luke chapter 18, 15 through 17. People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked him. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word this morning as we sing. You're a fine looking group of folks out there today. All those smiles and uh, look wide awake and all that stuff, so that's good. I think our microphone's going to do the same thing as it did a couple weeks ago. Can I trade you Dan or somebody else? Bows and arrows and all those kinds of things. So that was that was interesting. Uh, I think part part of today's um, if I if I uh, have a little bit of problem, I'll I'll uh, blame it on the fact that we were standing in the middle of a weed field when we were doing that. <laughs> so uh, my allergies didn't uh, exactly like that too well. But I had a good time shooting. I didn't hit much of anything, but I did a lot of shooting. So that was that was the fun part, I guess. So. Yesterday, when we were talking together, we would get in groups and talking about things from uh, what was going on, and sometimes you'd move from one group to the next, and you'd come into the middle of a conversation. Well, the problem with coming into the middle of a conversation is what? You don't always know what happened before, and so you might say something stupid if you're not you know, paying attention to what's going on or if you're, uh, if you're not smart enough to keep your mouth shut, which sometimes I'm not. So sometimes I'm embarrassed because... Uh, uh, I, I don't really fit into the flow of the conversation, and you've probably been in that situation yourself before. Well, that's the, the reason is, is uh, we need to fit into things so we understand and we don't misunderstand something that's been said. And that's kind of the way it is when we read Scripture. We want to make sure that we understand the context of the conversation that is going on 
that surrounds the situation that we're presently reading. So this morning we've read about Jesus and the children, and that particular passage is surrounded by Jesus' teaching about marriage and about how we enter into the kingdom of God. And so children, marriage, and the kingdom of God seem to all flow together into Jesus' conversation. God, it says in verse 4 of the of this chapter, talking about the marriage part of this chapter, God is the one that's responsible, as we know, for all creation and for creating marriage itself. He made us, male and female, to be uh, united in marriage. And when someone is responsible for something, uh, when they've created it, then that person obviously has the answers about how that particular thing can work and how it should go on. And so we know that since God created marriage, he has the answers for us about how marriage and the resulting raising of a family uh, might go. And so we can listen to him on this. It says marriage, in verse 4, is between one man and one woman, for example. We don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says marriage is between two men or two women or three men and two dogs or anything else, all kinds of other strange combinations that people might uh, suggest in our world today. So right off, Jesus says that God taught that in the beginning, uh, male and female, he created them, and based on that creation then, that is the way that marriage should go. And then we see in verse 5 that marriage, part of marriage is leaving parents behind. Uh, I had an interesting uh, observation of this uh, as I grew up. I had two bachelor uncles that lived over the hill from us, and the one was uh, injured in World War I. He was gassed, and so uh, he was physically handicapped, but his brother was quite fine. And so his brother dedicated his life to taking care of his other brother and also their mother, who lived to be almost 100 years old, lived with them too. Well, Ed was his name, Uncle Ed, and Ed had a fiancé, and he had a fiancé for nearly 50 years. They never did get married. Well, the reason was is because Ed was busy taking care of his parents and his brother, and she lived in 84 PA. Anybody know where 84 is? Down there south of Pittsburgh. And she also had a mother and a father and uh, uh, some siblings that she was taking care of. So they both remained in their own home families, Uh, They did not uh, leave their parents, and so they what? They never did get married. See, being married means that you have to leave what is behind and look forward to what is ahead. Leaving what's behind is sometimes hard. And just like it is when we become a Christian, we leave behind some of the old ways of life. We're now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things can become new in Christ. And so, of marriage is leaving behind the parents. And then in verse 6, it tells us in this chapter that it's God who's doing the joining. God is the uh, partner in this uh, covenant. It's kind of a, instead of a two-way covenant or a two-way contract, as many people think of marriage, marriage is really a three-way contract. It's between the husband and the wife and God. God is in the midst of that contract. And so when Jesus says what God has joined together, let no one divide apart or put asunder in the King James Version, that's because God is part of that contract and God wants to help us in the process of our contract, of our relationship with our spouse. Verse 8 tells us that from the beginning, God wanted us to remember the permanency of marriage, what God has joined together. 
Uh, now, there's reasons to break up, and Jesus uh, gives some examples of that, adultery and, and uh, other uh, things, uh, abuse. Uh, there are many reasons, perhaps, that a marriage may not last, but uh, the bottom line is that Jesus uh, wanted marriage to be seen by his people, by his followers, as something that was very important, right up there at the top of the list, our relationship with our spouse. Because later, as Paul explains, the relationship with our spouse is like the relationship between Christ and his church. Just as Christ is faithful to his church, and we are forever secure in our relationship with Christ once we have accepted him as Lord and Savior, so he says, so is Christ, the marriage relationship is to be like that as well, as permanent and dependable as our relationship with Christ and the church. And without this emphasis on the importance of marriage, then raising children, it becomes much more difficult, does it? Jesus' ministry included parents and children. He invited parents to bring their children. Here in verse 13 that we've read here, the little children were brought to Jesus for him to pray for them and to show his attention to them. Parents have that responsibility today as well, to bring their children to Jesus. Just like parents need to teach their children to, to care for their bodies, to dress properly, to uh, go to the doctor when they need to go to the doctor, and on and on it goes. Uh, so we have a responsibility to care for our children's spiritual lives too, to nurture them spiritually as well as physically. We don't ask children if they want to eat. We just, here's the food, you got to eat kind of thing. Uh, we don't ask them if they want to get their polio shot or the diphtheria or all those other DPT or something shots that they give to their children. Uh, that isn't a question, is it? We have to do that. We take them there. We send them to school, even if they don't like going to school. Uh, we make sure that our children are dressed properly. We don't send them out in the middle of winter without the proper clothes on. And in Isaiah, he tells us that we need proper spiritual clothing, too. He says that we need the garment of salvation and we need the robe of righteousness. And that's what Jesus wanted to see his disciples care for uh, one another and to care for the children around them, uh, provide for them the opportunity to receive that garment of salvation, the opportunity to put on that robe of righteousness that Isaiah had prophesied. Verse 13 goes on to tell us that Jesus wanted to pray for each one of these children. Can you imagine Jesus, the creator of the universe, wants to pray for each one of us and for each one of our children. He cares enough to be involved in the lives of our, of our children. Paul adds, he says, the Spirit of God intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. God's Spirit intercedes for our children. He goes on to say, the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. All of us who name Jesus as Lord and Savior, we are one of the saints. Now, being a saint doesn't mean that we're perfect. Uh, we're just forgiven. But God has promised that his spirit will intercede, will pray for us and for our children according to the will of God. So what a pleasure that should bring, bring to us. What a, uh, a relaxation to just sit back and know that God is praying for us. Even when we don't have the words to express prayers ourselves, the spirit will intercede for us on our behalf. So Jesus wanted to pray for these children. Children are so important to him that he wanted to pray for them. 
Even though those children were too young to understand what was going on, these children who were dedicated today, they don't have a clue about what happened today. But uh, we, uh, we know, we have uh, that understanding. We are, uh, on, on their behalf, exercising our faith on their behalf uh, to pledge that we will help to find a way that they can hear the words about Jesus and become part of his family. Children were important to Jesus. They didn't understand who Jesus was, but he put them right up there at the top of the list. Let the little children come to be. Do not hinder them, he says in verse 14. Suffer the little children to come unto me uh, and forbid them not, uh, for such is the kingdom of heaven, the King James Version says. Paul adds to that in, in Ephesians. He says, don't exasperate your children. Don't exasperate them, but bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And in Colossians, he adds further to that, don't exasperate your children, but he said, because they might become discouraged or they might lose heart. Just the other day, we were interacting with some family members back home, and I noticed that uh, one of our grandchildren was becoming quite exasperated, <laughs> discouraged, losing heart, uh, because mom and dad, I thought, were being a little bit hard on her, but, you know, I'm only a grandparent, so I can't say anything, <laughs> you know. You've got to keep your mouth shut. You've got to know when to keep your mouth shut when you're a grandparent. <laughs> it's awful hard sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> but anyhow, there was an exasperated uh, little girl, one that was discouraged and losing heart. And uh, we've probably been in that situation before and didn't realize it. Maybe we've exasperated our children as well at times. But Jesus says, don't hinder those children. <clears throat> uh, hindering children might mean that we're being indifferent to their needs, uh, not paying attention to what they, they need. And so we need to be praying, Lord, help me never to be a hindrance to my children or to the children around me in the world. Because these children, verse 14 says, belong to the kingdom of heaven. You see, children are automatically part of God's kingdom. Until they're old enough to decide to accept or reject Jesus on their own, until they come to the age of what theologians call accountability, until children uh, can, can be accountable themselves to God, God welcomes them and keeps them in his kingdom's care uh, through that time. And when they get old enough, then they can make up their own mind uh, when, whether they're going to accept Jesus' love and forgiveness or whether they're going to reject him. Jesus says nothing in this passage about children needing to be baptized or needing to be dedicated. Uh, we're not doing that to do something to the child. Uh, we're doing that to help the parents to make a public profession of their faith once again and to help all of us to make public our responsibility to uh, share with these children what it means uh, to be part of God's kingdom. In Proverbs it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not what? He won't depart from it. And many of us who are sitting here today are part of the result of that. We'd been trained up from the time we were little babies like these ones today, and now we have not departed from it. We may have wandered here and there and yonder along the way, but God has forgiven us and continually welcomes us back into his family. It says here in this passage that uh, Jesus placed his hands, verse 15, on each one. Jesus, you know, he knew that physical touch was important. 
Uh, Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages. Well, Jesus knew all about the five love languages before Gary wrote that book. Uh, Jesus practiced the love languages. Here's one of them. Jesus placed his hands. Uh, showing love to someone often means that we touch that person. Uh, Jesus touched the lepers, who no one would touch in those days. Jesus touched the sick. Jesus placed his hands on these children. You and I can show our love to another by uh, placing uh, our, a touch upon them, by blessing them with our handshake or with a hug or whatever may be appropriate. Jesus also gave words of affirmation and encouragement. Gary Chapman says that we show love to our spouses and to our children and to our friends uh, when we encourage them, when we affirm uh, them as being made in God's image and, and that God loves them and that Jesus came uh, to show his love for them and to offer them the gift of forgiveness. That's words of affirmation and encouragement to be part of God's kingdom. We show love by giving quality time, our undivided attention to people, listening to people. That's probably the hardest thing for me to do. Uh, many of you may be in that situation too. Others of you, maybe you love to listen to people. Each one of us have special love languages that we can express and other parts of these five love languages that are difficult for us. So we exercise, as we do all of our uh, spiritual gifts, we exercise the strong ones and work on the weak ones. He says also that uh, giving and receiving gifts is a way to show love. Jesus showed his love for us by giving the greatest gift of all, the gift of his life, so that we might find the gift of abundant life and eternal life. And we also... Uh, can give our gift, the gift of our life, to him. And that's the gift that Jesus wants to receive from us. Uh, love is not only giving gifts, but love is receiving gifts. Jesus wants to receive the greatest gift you can give to him, the gift of your life and your love and your uh, plea for repentance and forgiveness in his name. And then finally, is there's the gift of service. Service demonstrates our love. When someone serves us, we have people in this church that are very good at the gift of service, and I see them busy serving one another and people in the community. That's what we were trying to do yesterday, and that uh, gun shoot was is, uh, an act of service, uh, bringing people, giving people an opportunity uh, to exercise their gift of service. And it's a good thing, because uh, people like myself that I at least knew which end of the gun to shoot, you know. But other than that, uh, that was about it. My son had given me a, a gun several years ago, and I think I've shot it maybe four times, five times, uh, trying to get rid of the groundhogs around our place. We've got so many groundhogs, you, you break your leg in a hole if you're not careful. So anyhow, those groundhogs are not threatened a bit by me. They just stand there and, well, isn't that funny, that guy shooting at me, you know, because they... They know that I can't hit them. So <laughs> yesterday, fortunately, Dawn gave me some pointers. So maybe now, maybe I'll be, maybe I'll be uh, a little more successful. When they start moving uh, and sitting on your front porch and looking through the windows at you, that, I mean, uh, we, we've got such friendly groundhogs at our house. <laughs> so anyhow, we'll see what happens. We show our love to one another by demonstrating these uh, uh, love languages to each other. And Jesus was demonstrating that. 
Jesus said, adults also must receive the kingdom like a child. Jesus says, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. The passage that we read there in um, Luke. Children receive something uh, in simple faith and trust. Unless we receive the kingdom of God like a little child with that same simple faith and trust. Uh, despite the way Pastor Dan was holding those little babies this morning, they were trusting him. We could tell. They weren't, they weren't screaming and hollering. They, they knew that when he took a hold of them, he was going to hold on to them tight and take care of them. Uh, children receive that gift uh, of people's affection. Uh, they are trusting. And uh, we as adults also need to learn to trust God, not worry over the details those babies, when they woke up this morning, they weren't worried a bit about coming to church here and what they were going to wear and how they were going to behave. They just simply uh, went with the flow. And sometimes that's what we need to do as Christians. We need to just, in simple trust and faith, allow God to work in us and through us in our lives and not worry so much about the details. Children, you see, babies especially come sensing God's love within those people, within their parents first. They learn God's love in a mother's love. They learn God's love and a father's love and the, the love of brothers and sisters. And they learn to extend that love to people in greater and greater circles as they sense God's love coming through people. Adults have to believe that Jesus uh, loves them as well. And we need to come sensing God's love and Jesus' want and desire to forgive us. We come to Jesus with the faith of a little child that he cares for us and he's committed unconditionally to us and to our life. But the kingdom also can be rejected, Jesus says. Unless, he says, someone receives the kingdom of God like a little child, he won't enter into it. And so the, the question for us is this morning, are we willing to accept the kingdom of God? Are we willing to come to Jesus with that simple faith and trust that these little children have for their parents? He demonstrated his love for us we in turn need to demonstrate our love in return to him. Just as any love relationship is two-way, so it is in our relationship with God. He not only expressed his love for us, but we in return need to express our love for him. We have to make the choice to receive Jesus' love and his forgiveness. And the question is, what is your choice about coming to Jesus? Many of us, as I said earlier, wouldn't be here today if it weren't for parents that were dedicated uh, to raising us to be uh, Christians in a Christian home. Uh, many of you, your parents did the same for you as these parents have done for their children today. They brought you to church and dedicated themselves to raising you in a Christian family. Perhaps you didn't have a Christian family, but there were other people in your world, Sunday school teachers or friends or neighbors or relatives that took the time to help you to understand who Jesus was and what Jesus came to do in your life. Those people dedicated themselves to providing you an opportunity to learn about Jesus. And so we need to commit ourselves in this generation to that same task, uh, to raise up the next generation of Christians so that they too might uh, pass on the faith to future generations to the gl glory and honor of our Lord. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you for your love for us, and we know, Lord, that uh, without your love, life would not be worth living. Without your love in the midst of our marriages, our marriages 
are not nearly as loving and caring. Without your love in the midst of our rearing of children, giving us patience and understanding, uh, we will not be able to raise our children properly. Without your love in the midst of our relationships with others around us, uh, we will have difficulty in that relationship too. So Lord, we pray that you would help us to receive in simple faith and trust the relationship Jesus wants to make with us through his love and forgiveness. And we pray, Lord, if there's one here today that needs to make that decision to receive Jesus, that today might be that day that they'd open their life to him. And for those of us, Lord, who are Christians, we are thankful, many of us, because we have had people come before us, parents and grandparents and neighbors and friends who have taught us the things of Jesus and help us to be faithful in turn to pass on the good news about Jesus to others around us. We pray in Christ's name, amen.